Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back to Dum Dums 2099, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into a futuristic world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Alan, trapped in the future, has successfully robbed Unseen Hands Inc. alongside Declan, Honor System, and Stitch. But will our heroes find the data they were looking for? Will Martha within Stitch be able to explain the situation? Will Tom be able to keep track of our hero's complicated plan after his coffee break? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. We'll also treat our medical injuries and figure out what's going on with Corpsey the Clown. <laughs> sure, you have a few days, so I'm going to say you can recover all the things you've Stress you've also, or is stress kind of just for the whole game? I'll give you three. Okay. Ooh. So the following happens over a span of days. I'm basically just going to work through it piece by piece. This is going to be a pretty big information dump in some instances, so I apologize in advance, but here we go. What do you want to start with? What's the top priority? Currently, the big three are investigating the houses, the gene coding situation, the stack, and Martha. Why don't we go through what Honor System finds from the gene coding gene coding materials? Great. In looking through House Antebellum's genetic research, you find a lot of information on cloning and genetic manipulation, genetic tampering. House Antebellum was hoping to leave its mark on the world by dealing in genetic manipulation rather than mechanics. So the most important thing that you find for you guys is the information you found will help you mask your DNA signatures, which should mean that if you want to infiltrate a facility that would normally scan you, you'll be able to trick it into thinking you're acceptable in any given space. With materials we already have? Yeah, just with the vast database you've just obtained and all the science gear you've got Mm -hmm. now, you can do that with all of that. Okay. The only catch is you will likely need samples of whoever you're trying to pass yourselves off as. Essentially, in fantasy terms, it's the apologies potion problem, which is you can now mimic other people's genetic code. You just need some of their DNA in order to do it. Oh, we got one guy's DNA lying on the living room floor. 100%. So that's the long and short of that. In terms of how this fits into the houses, genetic manipulation is kind of a bold choice for a house. It's something that the consumer market would 100% want but that would also be a disruptor in a technology-based world because organic stuff isn't really done. It's interesting, it stands out, but you can also understand why the other houses would rebel against it so quickly. Is there anything else you want to know about genetic stuff? Is there any information that we might want to parcel out and sell to, uh, is it Tony or Tommy? Tony. Sell to Tony. Something that won't give away the big finds, but we could use, because we've got so much info, even on just the history of the company. Is there anything that's non-damaging if we were to release it, but is interesting? Yeah, something to sell to an info addict. I'm going to pair this with Martha a bit, because she's able to bring some light to this. But yeah, in looking through the company archives and stuff, you get the full story. 
So the story goes that Grayson Typhus had a particularly intelligent Emily who, after studying his methods and sort of learning the way of the houses, decided that she could perhaps do things better. And I know you know part of this already, but in an unheard of act of rebellion and ambition, she struck out on her own and founded a house in her own name, House Antebellum. House Antebellum managed to pick up a bunch of radical fringe scientists, Martha being the leader, who had put forward a lot of ideas about things like the potential messiah figure that had been laughed out of the job. So basically she hired a bunch of cranks and quacks and, cool. and, and outliers. However, Martha explains, um, they did have a degree of success. They were finding, though, that funding was very difficult to come by, and certainly Grayson Typhus was none too happy that uh, his Emily was trying to start her own gig, because mm. uh, assistants just don't do that here. It's actually a big black eye to the CEO that you weren't able to keep your staff. So they started cracking down on that. Martha said basically they were blocked at every side, and her research kind of ground to a halt until Emily disappeared. Not too long after that, suddenly Emily got back in touch and said that she'd found a way to continue the research. And Martha began the odd process of traveling back and forth, seemingly between worlds, through something that she was told was a portal that she recognized as, as being Ventus tech, but certainly not anything she'd seen before. Emily, meanwhile, had managed to find a location that Martha still isn't certain about and basically install herself as a ruler. She'd found people who were willing to work for her and work with her. Martha was never particularly comfortable with the situation. It seemed to be almost a feudal society, which was very strange. Nowhere on this planet, as she understands it, would fit that bill. But Emily had established herself, and they were able to actually carry on with their research. So in terms of how you would sell that and what you've got from that, the dirty secret that Typhus's Emily is continuing to work is pretty bad. The fact that Project Messiah produced results is hugely damaging, mm. but also that might be too damaging to sell. But even just the insider history is pretty big for right. the conspiracy nuts out there. Okay. In terms of the most sellable thing to a data addict, some of the gene coding stuff you found would allow him and other people like him to sort out their metabolism to a point where he would never need to eat or consume again. So it's a, it's a Pandora's box, but mm -hmm. it would be worth big, big, big money to the data community to not have to worry about their biological flesh sacks anymore. Mm. So give that a think. Alan, as we're kind of going through Martha land anyway, Martha explains to you, less to these guys because she knows they don't care, mm -hmm. that Emily established herself in the nation of Aka. She took on a paramour and attempted manipulating her own genetics and his in order to produce a messiah organically. However, he turned out to be infertile. So as a result, Martha was called in to put the cloning tech to good use. And as a result, they were able to produce a vessel. However, soon thereafter, a biological son was born, Reginald, but was considerably mm. less, less useful for the purposes. At this point, Martha had developed feelings for her charge. The idea of creating an empty vessel seemed like a scientific problem. And then when she got to know the child, it became highly personal. So in a lot of ways, she thinks of him as her son. Unfortunately, he's been gene-coded to respond to anything Archibald tells him, like a weapon, because they wanted to make sure that they could control whatever god they were mm. making. And she's always felt terrible about that because in a lot of ways she feels she stole the chance from the boy and the chance for, for free will. She mentions that she's actually found a way to reverse engineer that, but uh, she was never able to administer it. Because her lab exploded and she died, mm. which was a big bummer for her. Yeah, she says Emily's ambitions have grown and the goal no longer seems to be to help bring gods and magic back to the world, but rather to control gods and rule. But her research was interrupted when the longtime rivals of the uh, Tingler family, the Planteers, abducted her and forced her into the prison cloning program. Okay. 
So she's now very adept at cloning and manipulating genes, but obviously with this body, that'll be a lot harder. And she dearly hopes that you'll be able to help Bobbert get out from under the, the yoke of his forced okay. destiny. For the sake of meta conversation, Ryan, I'm going to let you ask three questions through Laura in terms of Alan knowing Butthole and what Butthole would be concerned about. But we're going to take that as Alan being like, hmm, I bet Butthole would want to know X, Y, Z. There's trickiness in doing a weird parallel dimension adventure with a character who can't talk to the character that would want to most talk to that character. So give that a think. Okay. Alan, do you have any questions that are just purely Alan-based? Um, I don't think so at this time. Okay, great. That's, That's a fair bit of know. info. Yeah. So looking through the corpse, he's a human, probably in his 30s. There's no regulator marks on him anywhere. He doesn't seem to have any advanced tech. He's wearing civilian clothes. Under that, he's kind of got like a utility suit. He's got a fingerprint-coated stun gun. The two most interesting things about him are the data pad and the necklace. So the necklace, Declan, you recognize this as yet another icon that you've seen on the battlefield that people like pray to and whisper to and all that sort of shit. But that's about as far as your knowledge of it would go. Honor system, you run it through your databanks, and it comes up as a very old mythological symbol related to a god known as the Captain. The Captain. That seemed to have been worshipped by a cult called the Planteers sometime in the past. What do I know about the Captain, lore-wise? Just the name? Not very much. In terms of the lore of the world, think the way we talk about, not even Egyptian gods, but like Byzantine gods, where it's like, oh, we kind of know the name. Don't even know what it's a god of? Necessarily. concept? It's vaguely associated with protection. And seems to be kind of super heroic. Uh, you remember the statue you were crouching near was the captain. The data card, uh, Ryan, can you roll me a fixed check on it, please, to hack through it? Seven. You can't crack the password, but you've got a bunch of machines that you can plug it into that steal data out the sides. So using that, you're able to recombine it to ascertain that uh, he had orders from the prodigals to bring in the wizard at all costs. You find in the files that Fiddlesworth Falstaff has been taken into custody and that FFS is being cut off by the prodigals for acting in their own interests against the prodigals. So Fiddlesworth has disappeared. Disappeared or arrested? He's been disappeared by the prodigals. Got it. So the regulators haven't taken him. The prodigals have taken him off the board. As you're digging through the mission files, you find a mission request that this guy denied for a raid on Ventus to get one of the missing pieces for the plan. You don't know what the plan is or what those pieces are. It was almost like he got an Uber ride offer and he was like, no. Okay, and how much cash is on that black card? He's got discretionary funds of 10000 Let's add that to my total. Uh, <laughs> I know what I want to do with my information that I acquired. Go ahead. I load it onto separate SD cards or like little data cards. And I hand them each to Declan in like sequence, basically saving the biggest one for last, that metabolism genetic manipulator. I, I explained to you what each one is for kind of thing. This final one is your biggest bargaining chip, especially for a data addict. It will enable them to genetically modify themselves that they will never have to consume again and will be able to absorb data for eternity. Very interesting. So... To go over the list of, I imagine, yeah. what the data cards are to so, break them up in ideas. It's image recordings of the interior that as Emily is continuing to work, that they actually made a messiah, which is insane. Yeah. The insider history, which is more harmless, and the genetic manipulation. So I've got one, two, three, four, five Okay, cool. I would say I'll give you one more that you can choose to use or not. Based on both Alan and what Martha seems to be suggesting about where Emily Antebellum went, it seems that dimensional travel is possible, which is huge, but yeah. possibly too huge. Leverage these as you see fit. Use discretion. So here's sort of the big question on the scale of things. Once we've got all our fangings and we've gone through mm -hmm. all our autopsies and we're having this conversation, I'm imagining we've shared everything that Tom said, so this yeah. is pretty transparent now. So it appears that the antebellums are running some sort of interdimensional mafia on your world, Alan. 
And I'm assuming based on the technology we've discovered and based on the histories they're talking about, it would seem like they're being opposed by another shadow faction on that world. Because the word Plantier kept popping up and the word Ventus kept popping up. And assuming Martha was working for Antebellum and then she got sent over to Magician World and then she got kidnapped by the other group, the Plantiers, but we found her in a lab full of Ventus equipment in a quarantine zone. Maybe, just maybe, Ventus is having the other side of the interdimensional battle. Mm -hmm. So that's not great just in general however it might mean ventus might have a portal that could get you back if they've got that stretch so that's its own little question mm -hmm. mark the prodigals i've got real question marks about now we know they work with really fucked up shitty people which i do not like then we also know according to this data slate that they were going to kidnap you alan whether or not you wanted to go and whether or not we wanted you to go, which I also don't care for. So what the fuck do we think of the prodigals right now? Also, they all want to leave the planet, apparently. The thing is, they're pretty powerful, right? I mean, if they really wanted to get in touch with us and wanted the best for us, wouldn't they do it in another way? A prodigal team interrupting our mission that we were carrying out for the prodigals shows that they are acting against their own interests. They also seem to share a lot of qualities with corporations. We should no longer associate with them. I said it before, and I said it sort of jokingly, but I feel like we can sort of call ourselves the new future, and I feel like we might be the actually home of a legitimate rebellion on this fucking planet. Okay, so fuck the prodigals, fuck the corporations. I'm fine with that. I'm still going to kill Fiddlesworth. I don't care if Fiddlesworth's under arrest. I can go trade information. But here's the question. What the fuck is our goal now? We've got the ability to do genetic stuff. We understand what's going on on a big world scale. Frankly, we have so much information that any house would torture us to death and then kill us. But what do we want to do? Alan, do we want to get you home? I know we want to bust open the stack. Right now, I'd just like to kill everyone, including the prodigals, but that's just sort of vague. I feel like I can tack that on. That's the, the strawberry on the cake of this idea. It feels like in my world, there's a lot of damage being caused by people from your dimension moving to ours. So I don't see that stopping unless magic is restored here. When you look at your universe over in your planet, clearly they're very effective bringing over all this shit from here because no one where you are knows what the hell mm -hmm. is going on. If we send you back to where you're from, then you could start like the, what's the name of your world? Faerun. Well, you could start like the Faerun chapter of the new future and tell everyone what the fuck is going on. And maybe you could get all the people who aren't assholes from our world bringing over technology and cloning people and trying to suck your gods into fat kids or whatever. Like you want to stop that. Mm -hmm. So you could do that on your end and over here, we, like, get him out the stack and shoot everyone in the head. Mm -hmm. I just want to think about solving the source of the problem. Here's what I'm going to lay out as, as the potential issues that you've got, and you can figure out how best you want to approach them. In our world currently, uh, the conglomerata, you've got the corporations, you've got the stack, you've got Sweet Sweet Revenge, you've got the prodigals. In Faerun, you've got Lady Antebellum, Xanthus, Plantiers, and perhaps most concerningly of all, Typhus Weapons. Now, what you know is the Typhus technology is being powered by the mages in the stack. Their ability to produce mm -hmm. is being augmented by having that many mages. 
So Alan, I would say based on your war knowledge of what's going on in Faerun, finding a solution, not necessarily to Lady Antebellum and the nation of Akka, because that's a bigger concern, but finding out a way to reduce the combat capability yeah. of the Unseen Hand would be pretty fucking big yeah. and might t- turn the tides of war. In terms of Declan and Honor System, since you've now broken with the Prodigals and with the Corporations, Wizards would be a big assistance, but also turning the houses against each other would give you the room you need to grow because you've basically decided to launch a new rebellion, which needs some space and some breathing time. As I say, the stack is a myth right now. Like it's so black site-y that you have no information about it. You know it exists only because you know magic exists and you've been talking to fanatics. However, you do have some ins with the corporations themselves. So you know that Ventus might have technology that can send Alan home. You know that Typhus is producing massive amounts of weapons faster because of their potential access to magic. You don't know too much about Rathburn or Amazon, but you can trade for that information. So in terms of how you want to plan things out, I can leave you to that or I can offer a recommendation. Which would you prefer? Maybe if we agree on a focus, Tom, then you can make suggestions based Sounds on our good. information. Yep. If we're going to plan as people, we know we want to get you home, Alan. That's mm-hmm. our goal there. So that's a check mark, which means ultimately we're not really going to worry too much about what's going on in Neverwinter just because I don't know anyone there and we can't affect that directly. It's always indirect. But I think we might be able to combine some of our other interests if we want to focus. We hate Typhus personally and we'd really like to fuck them over and they mm-hmm. seem to be causing major problems with weapons over where you yes. are, which would fuck over the Faerun chapter of the new future. Uh, so we got to stop that. Ventus seems to have portal technology, which we now know, A, everyone wants, and B, people think is illegal. So if we could establish, essentially, that two major houses, let's say Typhus and Ventus, are both fucking around with interdimensional stuff and producing weapons, maybe we could start a nice little house war over here and then just shove you through on the other side, try to help with the guns or whatever. Yeah, and I, I think the more we learn about Typhus, the closer we'll get to potentially to get to the stacks. I understand you have a real hope on these stacks. You're really leaning on freeing these wizards. I gotta just take that one off the table for you. I want to shoot Grace and Typhus right in the dick and then right in the face. That's probably not happening this month or even this year. It's just longer term plans, but we gotta focus on what we can do now with what we have because we're three people in a donker in a room. And a survivalist, Rupert. That is so true. Do you know why you're a survivalist? Because I constantly forget you're there and I'm a goddamn sniper. It would seem you have a low notice ability. Ha ha ha. Meta jokes. You're pretty funny, you. So, honor <laughs> system, does this all make sense to you? What are, what are you thinking? Yes, I agree that our ultimate goal, Declan, is to bring down the houses and that that cannot be achieved in days, weeks, or months. Alan, you have commitments to others and you need to get home. Getting you home helps us achieve our goals as well, such as turning Typhus and Ventus against each other and against the other houses. This is the plan we should proceed with. I agree. I agree. Let's do it. Oh, friend, Misa Farthall here to tell you about exciting Patreon. You know, only for $25 a month, you can send your own friend into Dum Dum's land. That's right, I call from hell to tell you you can help your friend. Want butthole not die? Oh, praise bubble. You for $25, pick NPC, design, send into Dum Dum's and Dragons, save butthole life. He need it, otherwise he die. What about King Quimby? He need friend too. $25, send friend to King Quimby. $25 a month and you get thank you from God. 
That's right, come down from Best God Ever. Say thank you at the end of every episode. You just have to go to patreon.com slash dice. That's right, D-U-M-B, funny word. D-U-M-B, funny word. D-I-C-E, useful thing. Send friends to save my friends, please. Also, you get an ad-free feed or something. So I'm going to say that you go to sell your information off to the chainsaw and perhaps by receiving information back from him, you'll have a better sense of what your immediate next step should be. So what information are you going to give him and what do you want in return? That's a big one on you. You meet up at Artificial Intelligence, Car 295 is busy slinging drinks, telling stories. There's like a futuristic Green Day album playing. Yeah. Fame Rune Idiot is lead track. It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) They know about Fame Rune. It's a portmanteau of just like fading glory and like running to the future. Green Day's albums are even worse in the future who they are now. Um, okay, the stuff I would trade no problem is the image recordings of the lab interior. I'd give that right out the gate. And then the insider history, no problem. We could probably also trade some of the internal stuff on the prodigals, the idea that Fiddlesworth was a part of the prodigals. Because I imagine there's not a ton of prodigal information out there. Yeah, no, no. We won't give that there were orders to capture a wizard. And like raiding Ventus for the plan. Do we want to hang on to that one or do we want to give that one away? If we want to get started on turn the big players against each other, the more information that is compromising to one of the big players, one of the houses, the better. Yeah, so we'll give all that info, but we'll just keep the wizard off the table. Knowing Ventus has some sort of portal system, and we do, we need information on where that system would be set up because we need to get Alan into it. And then Typhus, if they've got a weapons facility, probably producing a lot and not shipping them and the chainsaw is probably the only person who could track that as well. So we could try to figure out guns, portals. Okay. I'm going to roll some checks for him to see what he's able to get through his network. Great. He passed three of his five. The last one was a 12. So I'm going to say he, he does a good job for you. So he WikiLeaks the FFS info as well as the information about the prodigals. You can expect a BuzzFeed tell-all kind of thing uh, within a few days for that. He keeps the internal photos to himself, but you can tell he's going to kind of use that as as currency himself. And then he sets to work hacking. So this probably takes a couple days. So if there's anything you want to do for a couple days, I'll let you do it. And then you can come back for info for him. If there isn't, I can just give you that info now. During those days, I think what we do is try to figure out more of the genetic manipulation of our own, get that set up. And the other thing I really like to do is knowing we have Stitch with us now, Let's take Stitch's most warlike personality, and I want to teach it to shoot. Martha has fired guns before, but she's a scientist. So mm-hmm. what you come to find is Stitch doesn't have distinct personalities outside of Martha right now and Stitch, largely because she's the latest soul to be kind of absorbed by this thing. So I'll just train them yeah, rather than Martha pr- pr- kind of pretty thing? Pretty much. You can tell there is a bit of dissent inside the body as people jockey for control, but they've all kind of committed to this being their way of life. Yeah, you teach the multitude because the finger puppet hands are actually very dexterous. Learning to shoot is is pretty easy. And certainly having been in Quinny's body when he was doing combat stuff, Stitch is able to pick this up pretty quickly. You also find that weirdly and kind of unexpectedly, as two misfits who love patchwork shit, you both take to Stitch very quickly. Also, particularly, I think, honor system finding something else that 
was literally enslaved to something and then has become its own thing is mm-hmm. is very true for you as well. Our collective um, consciousness would be very intriguing as well. So that's all good. Stitch will be armed with the SMG and probably the laser pistol now. Yep. Not mine, but the one we'll take off of Alan. <laughs> Alan has lost her gun privileges. I <laughs> have uh, I have a thermal knife. Can I give that to Stitch in lieu of sure. jagged metal for yeah, daggers? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then the gear that we have off of our corpsey friend, if there's like that armored undersuit, I'd say using our sweet, sweet attacking it with a very small knife powers we'll size that to stitch so stitch won't just be a donkey man in medieval clothing great and i would also say our soldier had like the stun gun and like a shock stick or like what was yeah he had a yeah like a shock stick we'll probably give alan the shock stick so if somebody gets too close and alan's magic isn't there she can just shocky shocky um Stun gun, I guess we'll just back burner in the safe house. Do you want to try and equip that to bourbon sherbet? Oh, yeah. If we could put a gun in bourbon, that'd be it great. It has no recoil suspension, so putting a pistol or an assault rifle on it would be useless. But a concussive blast is something that it can do. It'll, like, knock bourbon sherbet all to hell, too. But if it's a do-or-die thing. Back a corner or yeah. something. And yeah. I think we ultimately want to R2-D to it. I'm sure Honor System could assist me in this, where we'd build it in. Because it's like a handgun, right? It's not a rifle version. I think a double-barreled, two-shot, one-hand shotgun type thing. Exactly how big is bourbon sherbet? Bourbon sherbet is the size of a motorcycle helmet. So it's sticking out of them. It's obvious. There's no way to hide it. If you're trying to retool it, what I'm basically saying is like you can dismantle the weapon and build uh, that's it. That's what into I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I want to build it small into him. So it's like an R2D2, like the pop out shock stick, where it like it just pops out of below him and he can shoot forward. Sure. Kind yeah. of thing. So roll me a fix check, please. Are you helping me yeah. on our system? Honor system can help. Help. I'm a six. I am five, but once per scene, and knowing this is a whole week, you can re-roll a failed skill check, taking the new roll, if better. So if bad, I'll still stick with that five. <laughs> there we go. That's a nine. Great. So you install that. Alan, I'm going to give you the skill fix at level zero. Um, what? Because as so a, smart. a scholar who spends all of her time thinking about things and studying things, this is a quick pickup for I'm you. being very observant. I'd also be teaching for sure. Like I've taught Alan about guns and that didn't work. So we're like, okay, let's try to make you useful. Yep. And uh, we'll use some of our uh, credits that we stole from that fucking guy just to get more like SMG mags because we're like two mags each. So just like whatever stocking up on ammo is for all our weapons. Sure, great. I'm also going to say you can all gain a level. Oh, cool. You've been adventuring for a bit. So okay. that'll give you each one skill point. And then Tyler, uh, I need you to roll me 4d6. Jesus. And then add your constitution modifier. The sum of the, that number could be your new HP if it's high than your current HP. Oh, it if it is not, then is you leave it. one point higher. There you go. Good Perfect. Work. Ryan, if you can roll me, please, the same. It is lower. Okay, so you stay at the same. And Laura, if you could please roll me 46 as well. Everyone's D6s. 16. Is that higher than your current HP? It's currently 12. Yes. Great. Congratulations. You Ooh. just got a lot harder to kill. Dang. The, uh, the magic flowing through you and the augmentation has made you vaguely Neo speed when you're trying to dodge. <laughs> you have the powers like of From Biomancy. Sarah Connor and Terminator 1 to Sarah Whoa. Connor and Terminator 2. <laughs> Good metaphor. Yes. <laughs> That's the dream. All right. So you get the information to Lynette. Obviously, he's very excited about stuff. He comes back to you with some information. It would seem that with kind of what you provided him about Ventus, he's been able to track a lot of the parts that you would use to create portal tech, at least as he understands it. And it seems that uh, Ventus is continuing to take large shipments of this to their facility in Nairfrost. He also has found information that there seemed to have been a decrease in financial sniping between Ventus and Typhus, which is interesting. Normally, the big houses snipe at each other pretty constantly, but there seems to have been a a cessation of that, at least. 
He's able to identify based on shipments where the likely construction of the portals is occurring, at which Ventus facility in Nair Frost that would be happening. In terms of the guns, Typhus has a large weapons manufacturing plant just north of the megacity. It's incredibly heavily guarded. However, he has found some suggestion that there may be a large public unveiling soon. And there's been rumors that Typhus has been developing a new breed of mech technology and that likely they'll be showing off their new line soon. So sometime in the near future, there's likely an event that will be large enough that you could probably get close. In the interim, Ventus is pretty secretive. You know, they're constantly showing cars and things, but the head development facility for Ventus in Airfrost is kind of one of those, the bottom few floors are kind of showrooms and like open to the public and that sort of thing. Uh, and then further up is their R&D development. They have a large, almost steeped pyramid style building just in the northeast corner of the city. It's like pyramid on top on of, top a, of a, a skyscraper, skyscraper. building. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So the pyramid is kind of the C-suite where uh, their CEO, Saruthi Samo, is known to sort of hold court. And the top half of the building is R&D development, all that sort of thing. The bottom floors are kind of very open and glass, and you can see everything. And then further up, it gets obsidian, and you can't really see through the windows, and everything's tinted and, and a little more secure. So it seems like they've got the portals in their HQ. Similar to kind of like the Apple campus in Silicon Valley, they do their development on site. They have factories around the world, and they have different development wings. But from the shipments he's seeing, it seems like it, this is being developed in-house. Likely anything this secretive is going to be in the most protected place they have. Does he have any suggestions on how to get in? Are they hiring contractors? Do they have any sort of PMC connections? Like, are they picking up mercs? Is there any way to get onto campus that doesn't require us to just be busting in? Using the genetic coding you have, if you were able to obtain DNA samples from Ventus employees or from contractors, as he says, there are shipments coming and going constantly. Amazon deals largely in shipping, so they have representative constantly arriving with bits and pieces. Essentially, anyone who you think would have access, if you can obtain their DNA, you have a better chance of infiltrating if that's what you're after. Alternatively, it is a large glass building. If you wanted to attempt to scale the walls or anything else that's possible, he knows there's high security, but it's all off limits. So, Tony, known we're old friends, would it be possible maybe for you to pull us up a list of some high-ranking people with some solid security clearances that might be, you know approximately our height and weight of, let's say, the two of us and something to clear the robot. Um, let's say I have some juicy information that might be embarrassing to Typhus Corporation. I mean, that does sound good. Ventus, because they're a, a transportation giant, they aren't outside a lot. Like, There's not like just people around that, that are easy to jack. However, he has managed to search the manifest and find that Tiffany Rathburn has an appointment with Ventus to possibly make an investment in some of their tech later today. She'll be leaving from her compound with her guards and likely has clearance. Military-grade robots aren't common. However, Rathburn Enterprises does focus on mechanical stuff. Like, their, their specialties are engines and, and uh, the sort of internal guts that make a lot of things ride. It's not unreasonable that Tiffany might be bringing a gift. So whether that's a full robot or a disassembled robot, we'll leave up to you. According to her social media itinerary, she's set to leave her compound in the next hour and a half. You're a very useful friend, Tony. You know, i got to say, I really appreciate everything. So, as a token of my esteem, uh, here's our little information on Typhus. And I pass along the proof that Typhus's former Emily, 
who was running Antebellum is still operating. So I leave the interdimensional stuff out. You'll probably stumble yeah. upon that on his own, but it's like, oh, that is bad. Oh, and Emily running a corporation? <laughs> oh, after her former boss tried to shut her down. Oh, well, I mean, as you know, no one's been able to stand up to Typhus on the large scale in hundreds of years. Oh, man, this is this is some good shit. Hey, man, I, re I really appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Now, we've got to go pay a certain Tiffany a certain visit, so... Hopefully I'll be in touch soon, Tony. Hey, hang on. In, in any of your uh, genetic research, did you find anything that could help us data addicts? I mean, you know the migraines, we get the pain. Did you find anything that, that could be of benefit to us? Honestly, we've been looking. I'm not entirely sure the consequences of everything we've found. So let us keep fishing. I want to be 100% sure we're giving you something that's going to pay off because then we can worry about like that kind of thing. So we'll be back in touch about that, but I don't have anything for you right now. Okay. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem, buddy. So you leave artificial intelligence. What do you want to do in terms of your approach to Tiffany Rathburn's? I come out, I relay the information I got from Tony as we're sitting in whatever terrible sedan we stole now. <laughs> a, panel van, a panel van so you can't see the back of it because we are keeping a donker and a warbot in it when we travel. Also, people are deaf looking for you, so we don't need mm. them to yeah. broadcast that you're in the vehicles. So I climb into the back of the panel van so we can have our conversation. Okay, so the best way into the Ventus facility is impersonating the lovely Tiffany Rathburn and her security detail, and then we can make a nice gift of a robot. And I air quotes around the gift. Uh, the big question is what we're going to do to take him out. They are most exposed on the road. If we were to attack her in her home, she would be well defended. Alan, you have a data pad at this point, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because these two are kind of a crew who are used to this world, I feel like mm -hmm. Alan's kind of letting them take the lead on a lot of these yeah. things. So what are you doing in the interim? I'm looking up, with the help of Bourbon, mm -hmm. any information that I can get on the conglomerates. Okay. Because I only know what these guys have told me, mm -hmm. and anything could be useful. And there's probably a lot that they know that I don't, that we just don't have time to get into. Can you roll me a notice check, please? Sure. Uh, and guys, back to your plan. Five. Okay, on our system, can you pull up any records we have or any images we have of her home so we know what kind of car she has? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yep, yeah, totally. Um, on our system, I think you basically do like just a general Google search yeah. of Tiffany Rathburn. Whatever this world's version of lifestyles of the rich and famous like that yeah. show. Yeah, interestingly, one of the first hits is a mudslinging report um, mm. about the amount, the amount of times Tiffany's crashed her car or cars have crashed into Tiffany's house or blah, blah, blah. There seems to just be like Lindsay Lohan's level of bad luck. House is, sorry, I sent a flaming car there earlier. You did. Yeah, you sure sorry. did. However, the piece also mentions that as a result, insurance adjusters are starting to get increasingly interested in, in Tiffany's actions because it's getting harder and harder to insure her. Right, okay. Alan, in your searching for conglomerate information, you're getting the, the sort of like shiny website profiles of like mm -hmm. a lot of these places. Typhus is primarily a weapons conglomerate, but like they do a bit of everything. It's that classic shitty, like we clearly make our money off weapons, but then we like take the learnings from that and apply it to other mm. things. So think Apple if they also made machine guns. Mm -hmm. Ventus is similar to Tesla. It's it's very much like an Elon Musk kind of operation. Big wild ideas, but all about getting people around. Amazon deals in shipping. They're the people who kind of keep everyone connected. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's a consumer here, but they need to get their shit, and uh, Amazon's the way to do it. And Rathburn seems to be kind of infrastructure and building. Okay. However, you also notice as you kind of dig deeper, like Typhus generally, despite being kind of omnipresent, is like Apple. It's got a pretty shiny reputation. Mm. Ventus is a little more uh, mercurial just because the experimental nature of their stuff can lead to huge financial losses. Amazon is, people bitch about it, but like everyone just uses it and no one cares. 
But Rathburn has been embarrassed several times by several of the Rathburn children, including Tiffany. They have a habit of kind of the Kardashian lifestyle. Like they like being celebrities. Mm. They don't really have any interest in running the company. Their mother is the one who kind of like oversees all the operations. But Tiffany and her uh, two brothers just kind of get into trouble all the time. Okay, so if we can identify the vehicle that she owns, we have 10,000 credits, so we can just rent a matching car. Then we can stop them, do whatever damage we need to. We shift ourselves into the new car, and we shift the plates onto the vehicle that we've rented. We just trade it, and then it's done with. And I'm sure... Declan's got like dozens of burner IDs that just like what he's got downtime, he's creating like a bag full of license plates. Yeah, honestly, license plates, but so much of it is just like stolen IDs from low level corporate people he thinks are pricks, but they don't know because he just creates his bag and then just waits to use them. So we'll rent the car. I think we'll also sit down and knowing they're going from her place to Ventus. We'll get out the city map, we'll look at the routes, we'll figure out what the most likely travel patterns are and how many likely routes there are. Mm-hmm. Do we need to roll for that? How do we need it from it? I think you can just do that. That's fine. Is there one clear route or are there a few? If you're a very rich person going from point A to point B, there's a very clear route you would take. I think with your background too, you would know about how to get a VIP from one point to another in and, this and, city. And keep in mind, like attacking the houses is to attack the conglomerata itself. It very rarely happens. So this is very much a Kim Kardashian wants to leave her house and go to a club. We're going to drive the limo down the biggest road we can in the most obvious way we can with security. We're going to work real fast then. Like I sit down with the honor system, like we're still, we've worked that out. And I'm like, okay, I think here's our best point to stop. And it's sort of midpoint between the two. It's got the least security cameras of the areas that we know. And it's kind of a choke point where they'll have to go in a straight line for a while. And then there's an alley to the side. So I'm thinking honor system, here's what we do. I've got a sniper position up here. They're pulling forwards. I hit the driver, it rolls to a stop there. Boom, you go in from one side, you hit the security, I'll snipe whoever. And then we'll just make this look like a straight up kidnapping in case anybody sees it. But we grab her and we chuck her in the van. Then we get like genetic samples or whatever, like blood swatch, whatever the shit from the guards. We jump in the van, we fuck off. We Then we do our genetic transfer in the van. We switch the plates that we've stolen onto the new car. Off we go. Will Alan have to play the role of Tiffany? Yes, because none of us are a woman. Alan does not look like Tiffany. Alan, do you have any, like, magic or anything that'll make you look like a different person? I do. I could look like her. I could do it. Could you sound like her? Uh, I could try. Realistically, though, I'm looking at Tiffany's history... Even if she's acting a little weird, I don't think that would be too unexpected. That's true. And we could use Bourbon Sherbert, the survivalist Rarebert, to do some talking for you, because I imagine she's probably got her own iPad rolling around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've always wanted to meet that one. He sounds like a real prick. So, Bourbon, here's a question. Can you lie? No. And then the robot tries to wink. Okay, good. We will need to find a lying robot. Aha, you see, you bought my clever ruse. I can, in fact, lie and just did. Recalculating our friendship. Okay, I feel like you two might need a bit of a cultural exchange here <laughs> on skill sets. Executing MP4, hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and Bourbon Sherbert just like hovers over the corner, sadly. I'm just thinking what I could do is Tiffany could be taking a vow of silence and speaking through her interpreters. You're... <laughs> Listen, you are right. That would be highly unusual behavior for Tiffany Rathburn. She's sort of known for being an alcoholic playgirl. They're not entirely known for vows of silence. Yeah, but what if she's going through like a period of reform? Listen, I'm not saying that like that's a thing she shouldn't do. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good step. However, we did a lot of, shall we call it, opposition research. 
And uh, if you're using a historical sense, I don't know if you've heard of the fabled disaster known as the Lohan. Apparently there were older myths that we don't know anymore, but Lindsay Lohan was a, a child who was so talented that she rose up to the highest of the heights. And, and stars of the era said she was going to be a huge thing. And then she became so huge that she started using alcohol and drugs and then fell into a mental illness hole. And that was only in terrible films. And then everyone thought she was going to die, but she just didn't and she failed more. So... Tiffany Rathburn's sort of a bit of a low hand. I don't think the vow of silence will really sell. However, you could just pretend to be real drunk. Alan, can you roll me a religion check, please? That's just how the low hand story ends, huh? (laughs) She just got worse. 20 total. Alan, you, with your knowledge of religion, think you might be able to pull this off if you framed it as Tiffany Rathburn having found a god in this godless world, but it's going to be a hell of a thing. Or you can go the low hand route following the the legendary tragic tale and just be a party girl who's who's there. I leave the option up to you and I, I think the the party also can't really control what you do when it happens. So, uh I see the look in your eyes. I just want to point out the last time I was supposed to talk for someone we both got shot. None of us are good talkers. I well, will talk. That might have been the reason why I was trying to pitch the vow of silence. You can't lie. You'd be the worst person. You'd be like, we are here to impersonate Tiffany Rathburn <laughs> and like, steal your portals. It is the most accurate statement. You might have to pretend to be deactivated. <laughs> Perhaps I could be Tiffany Rathburn. Uh, no, Ooh, that... I love to party. Woo. Okay, Alan, do you have some sort of magic where you could switch bodies with the robot? No. Shit. Okay, Perhaps well. I could use my subdermal implant to feed you lines. Oh, that might work. Like in the famous stage play, Cyrano de Bergerac. I can I can perform. Okay, here's the deal. I think you can just pretend to be a little drunk, and that'll explain why your answers take longer. And then Bourbon Sherbert will tell you what to say. Just call me Bourbon Sherbert, the Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll do that. for. I mean, we won't call you anything because we're not acknowledging you do it. That's but fair. Spiritually, we'll add it to your many list of titles. Yay. Donker, here's the deal. I don't know how we can bring you in. <laughs> I honestly don't think you should bring us in. This seems like a terrible place for us. All right, we're going to leave you with the van and probably the corpse of Tony <laughs> I will dispose of the corpses while you continue your mission. Or do you know what? Here, we'll, we'll start driving to our ambush spot. And during that ride, I want to teach... <laughs> <laughs> teach Donker how to use someone's thumbprint to open their bank accounts and steal money so Donker can go around and just try to steal as much money as possible from Tiffany Rathburn or her corpse while we're breaking into Ventus. Sounds like we are going on a shopping spree. I like where your head's at. <laughs> Stitch uh, strokes their beard and smiles. God, it's a majestic beard. I love playing a sociopath. <laughs> So before you set out on your mission to Ventus, Ryan, you've had some time to think. What are the three questions that you think Alan, through the power of friendship, would ask on Butthole's behalf? The first question that I would have asked through Alan's knowledge of Butthole is, can I reverse the control or bring something that will do so? Yes. So Martha explains that in her guilt for kind of having accidentally created a slave of her child, Mm -hmm. she's found sort of a genetic antidote that'll rewire his genetics to no longer be predisposed to fall. Archibald. And so she's managed to basically create the equivalent of like an injector. So it can be a hand injection, or if you found a way to rig up a weapon, you could probably launch it at him. She's not sure quite when or if that's possible, but she gives one to you, she gives one to Declan, she gives one to Honor System. You guys don't know what the fuck to do with them, but you get the sense Stitch is on your party now. Like, yeah, we'll just, it's important to them. 
Super. So what's question two? How was the vessel supposed to absorb a god? So this is a part that Martha always thought was was a little bit ridiculous because she was more concerned about genetic perfection than a god. But Emily Antebellum had become convinced that it was possible to channel a god into an empty waiting vessel and as a result have them become the avatar of that god. Her hope being that if she could summon the god of war, she could create a, a situation of infinite warfare that in turn would produce infinite opportunity both for power and to supply with weapons and so on and so forth. When you talked to Butthole at the prison, you seemed disappointed that he hadn't lived up to his potential or met the overall goals. What is special about him that he hasn't discovered yet that you would have shown him how to unlock? Oh, simply I assumed by now that he would have become the vessel for the god if such a thing was possible. His whole genetic purpose was to be perfect, not just to contain the god, but to merge with the god and bring his own abilities and capabilities I was always a little hesitant to think that such magical tomfoolery would work. As you know, like from where I'm from, magic is such a, a flighty thing. So I thought if I could design a perfect specimen to, in a sense, merge with the god, the power would be unstoppable. It seems as though he's tapped into that in some way, shape, or form, but he was always predisposed to be able to channel the abilities of a god in new and important ways. Perhaps that's why he's so good at healing now. Cool. That's my three questions. Thanks. Right. So you're boosting a similar car. So I'm just going to say you can do that because I think we've established that you yeah, guys well, just do either that all do boost, a lot. boost or rent, whatever we need. So let's say you rent it. That probably makes the most sense. Yeah. So you rent a similar vehicle to what the one What does that cost us? I'm going to say that's 5000 Great. Because she drives a luxury. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be It's a luxury brutal. vehicle. Notably, not a Ventus car, though. It is an Edmund Mackerson Seahorse. It's the brand of the car. Wow, you know that this is a car made for douchebags with a name like that. It's got all the power of a seahorse. It has 2,000 children and can barely move. <laughs> 99% fatality rate amongst the young. Yeah, that's why Tiffany drives it. She's like, I just don't want any kids. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet she's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> the vehicle has 200 seahorse power. It is a very poor quality vehicle. But it's so expensive. That's what they like. Great. So you park a car around the corner. Tiffany's mansion has recently been... Uh, <laughs> hit with three like, flaming hit, hit cars. With three flaming cars. Two of which were hers, one of which was yours. So you can see some uh, insurance adjusters kind of like sizing everything up. So you're observing, you're at a distance, right? Because your plans to, to ambush Yeah, we, we want to get yeah. like out of sight of the house so her security won't know. Yeah. And then not at Ventus so Ventus won't know. We're getting her en route. Yeah, halfway. so let's say she's kind of coming out of the suburbs. Basically, if this is Beverly Hills, she's in the hills right now. Right. And your plan is to ambush her before she hits the highway. Yeah, we want to hit it like if there's a warehouse district in there, that kind of thing. Yeah, there perfect. isn't, but there's a, a quiet enough suburban sold area that you could probably uh, ambush her there. Okay, so her Edmund Mackerson seahorse starts rolling. She's got security detail in the car like obviously they're driving for her there's also a, a security dwarf on a motorcycle in front of her and a security orc on a motorcycle behind her creating like a little three vehicle motorcade essentially if the road's running north south yeah and she's driving south yes i'm positioned in the south so i can just straight line down from a high position over them and then they're going towards an ambush from either side. So yep. honor system on one side, Alan on the I'm other. I'm going to roll observational checks from them. They're at advantage because they're on the lookout. What What are you up on top of, would you think? The idea would be, because I'm worried about concealment off the top, but it's not like I'm waiting for like a castle because I'm not expecting this to be a war. This is a quick ambush. So I'm picturing it like almost the top of like a grocery store, you know, where you get those like yeah, metros yeah, where it's there. Great. But I'm prone. I'm just over the edge. I have some stress that I would like to spend. All right, baby, let's do it. I want to have taken that prodigal operative's grappling hook. Sure. I'll cool. give 
give that to you for one. Okay. Could I spend stress just that we all have grappling hooks if we need them at some point? Sure, two stress. Sick. So I'm lined up as they're coming down the street because the others are like hidden in alleys. So the idea is the gunshot will be the signal to go more than anything else. So the caravan is coming south towards you. And then all of a sudden it stops and you see the dwarf kind of on his comm link. He looks frustrated. And then all of a sudden the doors of the Ed Ben Mackerson seahorse flip open because they're seahorse doors. They like swing open in like a weird circular motion upward. It's not cool like a DeLorean. It's just kind of a waste of time. (laughs) Tiffany stumbles out and she's like, it's my turn to drive. And she grabs the driver, pulls him out, and then she gets into the driver's seat and floors it. And you see the car sort of spin and shoot out and around one of the motorcyclists. And you have about 10 seconds before it turns down a side road. You so were, she stopped one above them? Like she's going to turn a block early? She's going to turn a block early. She's turning down the closest alley she can because she just wants to go have some fun. Great. Because I've been lined up for an execution specifically in this circumstance, I'm going to shoot Tiffany Rathburn. Okay. Through the front of the vehicle. 16. Yes, that will hit. Because this is an execution, she takes 19 damage and has to pass a physical save to not die immediately. Cut to the point of view of the car. Tiffany is sitting in the back, and she's just so fucking bored. This is the most boring way to get anywhere. And the only reason to have an Edmund Mackerson vehicle is to really put it through its seahorsey paces. So she tells the driver to pull over. She grabs the front guy, pulls him out of the seat, gets behind the wheel, guns it. And she thinks to herself, I don't care how much I've been drinking. This is going to be dope. And she floors it. And just as she's dovetailing around a corner, thinking in her head, a bullet ruptures the windshield and just blows her jaw off. Um, The car dovetails and then smashes into the corner of the building and bursts into flame. And I turn on my comm link and I just say, Drunky fuck does kill them all. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. The system we're playing is called Stars Without Number, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are Core Collapse and Sanctuary of the Sky Gods by Nathaniel Yaverne, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Now I'm off to do future things before we return for the next episode of... Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish Please try to get some sleep tonight I've been trying to sleep all week Nothing helps You could try sleep sound No thanks, you've had enough nightmares for the both of us Let me go! Come on, the medication has nothing to do with that. I haven't had a bad dream in ages. Ever since your highly problematic affair in Idaho? Oh my god, never stop. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Well, you still haven't told me who you're bringing to graduation. Oh, your heart is racing. How can you tell? You're lying on top of me. What if I don't want anyone else to know yet? And it wasn't a bad dream? I don't know. Christopher, you know. Can't you appreciate that I'm trying to help you here?
Thanks for the pills, Lils. Dreamers, Season 2 by Broken Crown Productions. Tune in weekly wherever you listen to podcasts.